This is Gail Morgan welcoming you to the Libertarian Counterpoint. Now, your host, James Just. Thank you for joining me today. With me is Richard. And gentlemen, just to kind of as an example of how quickly Afghanistan disintegrated, there's a story out here that the uh, Afghan president fled the country essentially over the lunch break. His staff came back and he wondered where he was because he essentially left over the lunch break. That's how quickly this whole Afghan thing disintegrated and how just out of control that whole uh, evacuation and moving out of Afghanistan was. I think we all here agree that ending the war is a good thing, but the way they have handled the end of this war has been absolutely abysmal. It's that, am, am I, I mean, I'm not a military person, so maybe I'm out of my depth here. So, John, can you give us a hand here? No, I, I would, I would uh, there's a word, cluster is the first part of it, and the second part of it, anybody can fill in, is a, is a good description of the, the withdrawal. It, it, it looks to me like, um, well, basically, the, 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 the U.S. toward the end of the war, with the combination of uh, special ops troops and the Air Force, had eliminated the Taliban's ability to, to engage in any major warfare because the minute they showed themselves, they would destroy them. So all, you know, I think what happened was the, the, the plans that the Afghan military had involved some, some U.S. advisors and some air support. And so I think they went, whoop, and pulled that out of there. And then they just said, you know, you're on your own. And, and didn't have, it, it looks to me as if this might be the, the most poorly planned piece of U.S. military uh, tactics and strategy since the Bay of Pigs and uh, in, in Cuba. Um, it, it's bad. And, and uh, you know, as you dive deeper and deeper into it, we'll, we'll never know, you know, if there was an orderly plan for getting out of there and it was just ignored or if they planned to have it this bad. But I, I can't believe that this was the result of um, a whole lot of planning. I think somebody just said, let's get out of there and, uh, and we're going to go. And, you know, we should have never been in there in the first place. And, and that's, a, that's a, I, you know, as a libertarian, I, I'd have to say that. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we, and again, as usual, we went in somewhere and did more harm than good and, you know, let, uh, let, uh, rival factions in there use our airstrikes to take their enemies out and siphoned off probably a trillion dollars in corruption money. And, uh, and now we're, we're leaving. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm no, I'm no military strategist, but I certainly have a little bit of common sense. And if you're going to retreat. And that's what this was. It was a retreat. You should do it in an orderly and sensible fashion. And that would mean you get all of the uh, embassy personnel, all of the U.S. citizens, and all of the Afghans that have been supporting us for these uh, last 20 years. Get them out if they want to leave. First, before you, you, know, you empty Bagram Air Force Base, before you remove the military, you, you remove the military last. That's just common sense. They did it backwards. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all you can say. Yeah. They could pick the military. They they emptied Bagram first, and then and then they sent you know the rest of the military home, and then they said, okay, uh, you know, uh, you're on to the to the Afghan government. You're on your own. And the Afghan uh, president said, yeah, I don't think so. I'm I'm, I'm out of here. Mm. Uh, which was exactly what he should have done because the last time we left uh, a Western support of the Afghan government to the ten tender mercies of the uh, Taliban, the uh, then president was hung from a stop sign or a, a, a traffic light. Uh, and uh, the uh, current president said, no, I don't think I want to do that. So he got out of there, which was a sensible thing to do, but it was not sensible for uh, us to be there in the first place. That's the bottom line. We have to give kudos to Biden for uh, having the courage or the dim-wittedness, I'm not sure which, to get out and you know he at least was better than Obama, better than uh, Bush, better than uh, his his predecessors that got a, got us in there in the first place. But that's not saying a whole heck of a lot. No, they're all bad. And when you yeah, there's there's something in the military. There's different kinds of retreats. There's an orderly retreat, a retreat under fire, a hasty retreat. I mean, they teach these things because you know sometimes you're going to have to retreat. And this was a, a cluster. Uh, not a cluster bomb, a cluster fill in the rest. Uh, and I, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of some of these, you know, uh, jingoistic things like National Review and stuff. But I think I think they're pretty much right in saying that, uh, you know, Secretary of Defense should get fired. Uh, the Chief of Staff should get fired. Whoever's running the, the theater should get fired. But, the, you know, what's worse than that is is not, you know, what little credibility the United States had for even remotely telling the truth to people is certainly out the window because apparently uh, our our uh, we didn't even inform inform the uh, Brits and they were our you know kind of staunchest uh, allies in in trying to do whatever it was misguided attempts we were trying to do so they were left holding the bag and then all these NGOs that are there actually trying to help people and on and on and on and on so. Uh, you know, latest figures they've they've uh, airlifted out like 130,000 um, Afghanis, and but there's still you know Brits and Americans and Swiss and all sorts of people cut off, and they're really left to the good graces of of the Taliban, and, and quite frankly, they don't have any good graces. So um, you know, anyway, I think we beat this to death. But uh, well, I, I, I would say that that what you're talking about there, John, uh, is probably the saving grace. It's demonstrated uh, unequivocally that the to the American people that the American government are liars. Uh, they've been lying about Afghanistan for 20 years, and the uh, obvious question is, what else are they lying about? Which probably brings us to our next topic. That'll bring us to our next topic. But I do have one thing I want to end on this with: is that it surprises me that they didn't understand what was going to happen. They knew that the Taliban, that the Afghan military wasn't going to hold up, but they just thought they'd hold up longer. But if you're not there to back them up, why would they just why would they just not leave? Why wouldn't they do exactly what the Afghan president do and put their weapons down and go off into the mountains or wherever they're gonna go? It boggles my mind that this thought process that these military leaders or political leaders or whoever thought this thing or didn't think this thing through was thinking. It's just completely mind boggling. Well, I agree with Richard that that anytime uh, the lunacy and ineffectiveness and 
obvious backhanded double dealing of our wonderful, especially federal government, and might even be more evil California governments exposed. It's a good thing. I just hate that that so many people are going to lose their lives and have lost their lives uh, to learn this lesson. Yeah, I think I looked it up yesterday. It was 778 now Californians, California service members who have lost their lives in, since 9-11 in wars. Um, and talking about an explosion of, uh, I don't know, incompetence, an explosion of geoforce warrants that have threatened the privacy, real our privacy. The government has been asking Google and um, the various oh, cell phone companies to get cell phone records, not just of people, individual people of mass, essentially mass surveillance. They ask for all the data. It, it, it's actually becoming quite scary for those of us who are civil libertarian, especially when you consider all the various mandates and everything else that everybody's talking about. This kind of uh, power we are giving to the government is a bit on the disturbing side, shall we say. Absolutely agree. And I, the, I'm not, I'm not very techy, but, um, you know the problem with the geofencing is is what the government does and 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 by the way for for our viewers uh, apparently between 2019 and 2020 um, the number of uh, warrants asked for these geofencing warrants uh, went up tenfold and they're not when when they do geofencing if you're under marketing means uh, people within uh, a certain geographic sphere so. They're not, the government's not asking for, for access to one individual's uh, phone records or GPS data or all the rest of that, which is what warrants are supposed to be for one individual. They're asking for somewhere, in, in some cases, up to 10,000 people. They want to know who was at this riot. Uh, and, um, and there are a couple of states, some jingoistic states, I forget which ones, are, which are actually trying to paste... Uh, uh, passed legislation that says if you're at a riot, then you're, it's a felony and anybody there is guilty of, you know. But, you know, suppose you go to a peaceful demonstration, it turns into a felony. So anyway, uh, I, I think um, kind of a, this isn't the anarchist cookbook show, but I think, um, you know, you can simply turn your cell phone off. And uh, if you go somewhere and, and don't want to be tracked, uh, and then when you leave that area, turn it back on. So there's a pretty simple solution. But everybody's so camera happy and text happy and YouTube happy and Facebook happy that while riots are going on, as happened in, in our nation's swamp, I, I don't want to call it the capital anymore, in the swamp, people were, you know, busy taking selfies of themselves while they're, you know, breaking and entering. So, um, but it, it's dangerous because the courts aren't stopping this. And um, the, the, what we know is, uh, you know, from looking at, at, uh, at ecology law and everything else, is that governments and government agencies will violate the law repeatedly uh, until somebody forces them to stop. And, uh, you know, somebody needs to force these people to stop this because it's, it's patently unconstitutional and it's, it's uh, overreach at its highest and I'm done. Yeah, I mean, it's a clear uh, violation of the Fourth Amendment, uh, unreasonable search. Uh, just because you happen to be in a given area doesn't mean that you're guilty of anything or even uh, should be su suspected of anything. Uh, but nevertheless, the government is saying we want to search your phone or any other communications device. It's, um, 
It's, it, you know, I think the, the, the correct word is scary. Hmm. Yeah, scary. You can call it Orwellian if you want to get uh, the, um, what, put a little something on it. The word I'm looking for isn't coming to my mind. But it is. It's, we're, going, we're heading in a direction where our individual rights, our rights as human beings, are continually being more and more violated. But um, the FBI has found scant evidence that the Capitol attack was coordinated, which undercuts the notion of a uh, insurrection. If there's no coordination, there's no insurrection. Uh, it can be a riot. It can be a breaking and entering, as John was talking about, and the people involved should be dealt with. But this notion that it was a insurrection was always kind of goofy to me. And I and it's this FBI report actually kind of proves the whole notion that if you don't have coordination, you cannot have an insurrection. Am well, I yeah, one one thing that we can uh, that we can use is a really bad example. We talked about Afghanistan earlier and how poorly organized it was. Um, the 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 uh, what do they call it? The insurrection. I love the news media. The the large demonstration that was almost totally peaceful, except for the last little bit of it, um, and. Uh, um, a fiery but mostly peaceful protest. Yeah, that's it. one more time. A fiery but mostly peaceful protest. That's what they called the. That's what they called then, the Kenesha, then, the riots in the summer. And then some idiots uh, broke and entered, and I would love to see videotape to see if they actually broke to enter or if they were let in, and which side let them in. But that's a whole different show. Um, and they could organize that. And some estimates are there were nearly a million people there, and organized that in a couple of days. But we knew we were going to leave Afghanistan, you know, our government's in charge of leaving Afghanistan and should have had plans in place for years and managed to do what they're doing. So, you know, citizenry left to their own devices, <laughs> government. I know it's a bad example, uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, but the idea that. You know this this constant uh, cooking up uh, the fear mongering tactics in in the mainstream lamestream media like the Clinton News Network and and all the rest of that that there was uh, somebody high up in in the United States government who was pulling the strings to you know stop democracy in action and blah 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 blah. I mean those people couldn't keep a freaking secret if their lives depended on. It. Yeah, I think the fact that uh, some of the uh, quote unquote leaders were wearing Hagar the horrible costumes. Uh, pretty much it says it all. It was a bunch of idiots, uh, cheer-led by another idiot uh, by the name of Donald uh, Trump. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Insurrections don't don't take selfies. You don't take a self take time and take selfies during an insurrection. You get your stuff, your job that cast done. This the whole notion that it was an insurrection was always goofy. Now there's proof that there was never any real evidence for it. They just wanted it to be, so therefore it came in to be. Hmm. And you know, it's a still a serious thing. I don't want to. You know, we're not downplaying the event, but let's not overplay the event either. Hmm. And I think that's kind of the take on that. All right, so we'll move on again here. Um, the White House is calling for local eviction moratoriums after the Supreme Court struck down again the their attempts at a moratorium. Now, the Supreme Court told them they can't do this without Congressal approval. They went and deliberately do it anyway. So if they've deliberately violated the Constitution... And with paying no price, yet if I park in front of my house because I don't have the most recent sticker, I get a parking ticket and pay a higher price than these guys do for deliberately violating the Constitution. I personally find that very frustrating. 
when they deliberately violate the Constitution, pay no price at all, and yet I have, you know, 60 bucks for parking in front of my house. It's, I, it's frustrating as heck. Let me, let me throw something in here. So it's actually worse um, because uh, they reported that, that uh, President Biden and uh, not Don Shalali, I mean, whoever it is that's, uh, that's, you know, in charge of HUD and all these other alphabet agencies actually said and reached out and said, we want states and localities uh, to pass legislation to uh, stop this because it's not right that people get um, evicted uh, until they've been able to apply for some more giveaway money to cover their mortgage or their rent. Now, let's just say it was a different law that was overturned or not one that was overturned. Let's say um, the last president got on TV and said, the Supreme Court keeps upholding Roe v. Wade. What I want you to do, states and localities and communities, is to go out and write local legislation and state laws that violate the Supreme Court on this one. Uh, because what they're doing is egregious and wrong because they're, they're, they're killing fetuses, which are human beings. Well, what in fact, that's, that's, that's happened. Well, what would the what would the press do? What would the press do? Well, we, they, we're seeing it happen. It happened in real life. Well, I mean, Texas, I mean, what I'm saying is the, the difference in reporting between those two events. Yeah, you know, it was on the one hand a horrible overreach by a totalitarian dictator, populist. Da 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 da. Now, the 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 lamestream press is quiet. Well, There's, no, we're seeing we're seeing your analogy happen in real time in Texas. Yeah. Texas passed a law that says that uh, you can't have an abortion prior to or after a heartbeat is detected in the fetus, which gives about a two-week window between when a woman discovers she's pregnant and before uh, an abortion is uh, made illegal. Uh, and uh, that's the state legislature of Texas uh, telling the uh, Roe v. Wade Supreme Court to go to uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a southerly direction. And uh, the mainstream press, the establishment media, is decrying it. Meanwhile, the establishment media is 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 uh, crying crocodile tears for all of these poor folks that are going to be, after these many, many months, evicted from their homes that they haven't been paying rent on for, uh, for, for, for a long time. Now, in defense of the folks who can't pay the rent, most of them, or not most of them, but certainly a large percentage of them, can't pay the rent because their jobs were destroyed by the government uh, oh, with uh, all, of the, all of the lockdowns. It was the government causing the problem uh, from the get. No, I, I, I agree and, and uh, with you on that one, Richard, that the, the people said because of the pandemic, uh, because of the pandemic, because of the pandemic, because of the pandemic. No, it's because of the panic-demic. The, the uh, heavy-fisted, and hopefully we have time to go into this, completely inefficient, totally unnecessary lockdowns that did more harm than good, uh, and the, the printing of, of uh, uh, I don't know, I can't even imagine a stack of 100 bills that high, probably reached the moon, of money to make up for the fact that they screwed this one up so bad, they tried to patch it by printing money. So you're absolutely right that the reason a lot of these people 
uh, can't pay their rent uh, or their mortgage just because of government action. And uh, quite frankly, uh, as, as Americans are now learning to do and the rest of the world has done, Italy's a great example, um, they, they realized that they didn't have to pay their student loan and they didn't have to pay their rents and the, the uh, unemployment insurance they got, unlike the job they used to have, is not taxable. Uh, a lot of that money went right into the stock market. I mean, the American people took a look around and said, hmm, no, I don't, think I'll, I don't think I'll pay my rent or my mortgage, and I don't think I'm going to pay my student loan, you know, and uh, I'm going to take this more money than I've ever had and put it in the bank. But what, they're, what they forget is that they're still responsible for that mortgage payment. And they're still responsible for that for that student loan payment. But uh, you know, they they took it theoretically. Hmm? Well, theoretically responsible, John. But if the government gives them a have has them a check to pay it off, how responsible are they? Yeah. And, well, and, well, and not all these things are created equal. You get into the student loan thing. I mean, the reason student loans are so horrendous is because government has been encouraging student loans for overpriced college uh, for decades now, and uh, you see the highest inflation in the areas that the government is most strongly involved in, and those are education, healthcare, health and uh, military spending. And housing. Oh, wait, sorry, there were supposed housing. to be three fingers on, on there, not just one. Sorry, folks. Yeah. One, two, All right. Yeah. So we're going to move on for you, John, so we can get in these last, just these last uh, couple topics here for you. The evidence supporting mask mandates in schools is weaker than the mandators kind of pretend. Hmm. It's, well, if you actually look at Sweden, they never mask their schools, they never close their schools, and they are now just kind of have a very low case rate, and they're, they're they haven't had a death, and I think in like two weeks. And but their their question is, they never they never mandated anything. They asked people to take care of themselves, and they went kind of working through the the pandemic, while the rest of us are sitting here panicked in our homes, they're out having normal lives. Mm -hmm. And the evidence is starting to back this up, but the media isn't going to tell us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part that's actually the most interesting. Well, the, we've, we've, we've kind of beat the COVID thing to death, but since it's, it's uh, you know, causing such havoc, maybe it's worth spending a little bit more time on. The, the mass, the, the, the experts in, in um, you know, basically uh, dealing with epidemics, uh, developed a process over the last hundred years that works. And then when this COVID thing happened, they threw everything out the window and let people who didn't know what they're doing take charge. And, um, you know, they, they, on and on and on. There's there's evidence from everywhere, from, from the UK, from Florida, from uh, uh, France, from the, the Dutch countries, from Sweden and everything else, that kids uh, rarely catch this thing. That if they do catch it, they rarely get ill. There's no reason at all for them to be masked, but they're they're and in school. But there are huge reasons for them not to be masked, uh, and in school. And those are the the fact that they didn't get any kind of education at all when they were cowering in their homes. They got sicker in their homes because that's where most of the transmission of this this virus uh, took place. Not in public places, but in homes, and. Um, you know, the, the ill effects on, on their education, that some people will never catch up, their mental health, the, the missed cancer screenings, and on and on. I could, I could list things until we're way over time on the show. It's, this, yeah. is lunacy. this is lunacy. And, and the rest of the world has proven it's lunacy, but the minute you mention 
you know, not sending a, a kid to school in a mask here, you're, you're, you know, I don't know, what are you? You're, you're uh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the information you sent around before the show, James, was a, a BBC story, British Broadcasting Company, mm -hmm. uh, about this establishment, uh, European establishment, as you can get, which takes CDC figures and demonstrates unequivocally uh, that the uh, figures do not uh, support masking. Something like 0.002% of kids have uh, are, get, get a fatal case of COVID. That's two out of a thousand. Uh, that's probably, I don't know what the exact figures are, but probably uh, less lethal than the common ordinary flu or uh, other uh, childhood maladies. Uh, so, you know, the idea that uh, you have to mask up kids, it's, it's just silly. I mean, I don't have any, any problem with uh, parents telling their kids you're going to mask up just to be on the safe side. Uh, but I, I don't think it should be a government mandate that requires that. Uh, one of the actually one of the of the uh, uh, unforeseen good consequences of the of the uh, lockdown is that not as many kids went to uh, public or government schools. More and more kids are getting homeschooled, which is actually a good thing. Uh, hopefully, it'll continue. Uh, you know, as the uh, uh, use of the pandemic to uh, uh, restrict liberty by politicians continues apace, which I'm sure it will. I don't think this is going to die anytime soon. The other point I'd like to make is that uh, natural immunity or immunity uh, is actually better. And that's what the BBC article also said, that natural immunity confers immunity. Uh, and I'm not a scientist, so I can't exactly explain it, but it incurs it, 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 it makes possible a broader immunity that the vaccines do. And now that's not an argument against vaccines. I got the vaccine. I'll get the third one when it's available because it, it provides some uh, immunity. But had I, and I didn't get COVID, which is lucky, but had I received, had I gotten COVID, I'd get the vaccine on top of that because the more immunity, the better, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, the fact that we're denying kids the opportunity, and I, say this, I'm somewhat reluctant to use that word, but the, the last chance, the last cases the kids have of getting COVID or any other coronavirus flu-like disease, the, the last chance their immune systems have to build up and build up immunity for all of the various variants of coronavirus and flu and all of the other viral infections that they can get over, the, over a lifetime. There's a reason why kids get a whole lot more colds than adults do. It's because they are not immune to as many things as adults do uh, are. We get, you know, many, many uh, flu and cold viruses over a lifetime, and we get a lot fewer uh, cases of, of uh, uh, flu as we get older. That's because we're more immune because we've been, we've been uh, exposed to more stuff. So uh, exposure is actually, uh, within reason, is, is, uh, is beneficial. Mm -hmm. I want to want to add to what Richard said. Absolutely, you got one minute, John. The the uh, what the reason I like that article so much was that I can't imagine uh, a mainstream U.S. media uh, presenting a story like that where they talked about you know should we you know should we uh, inoculate the kids or not. BBC says that that 50 percent approximately of kids have already been exposed and had a mild case, so it's probably not necessary. 
And, and so they had a reasoned, open discussion. We don't have those in this country anymore, especially not on the lamestream media. It's a strident trumpet uh, voicing one opinion. There is no expert A versus expert B having a reasoned discussion. But, you know, they do that in other parts of the world. We used to do that here. I'd like to see more of it. John, we do have those reasonable discussions here, and then we are out of time for today. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you for joining us. And catch us next week. Thank you, and please remember to love everybody. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Thank you for watching the Libertarian Counterpoint Show. In Sacramento, Channel 17 on Comcast. Each Thursday at 8 p.m. and each Monday at 5.30 p.m. for the Knuckleheads of Liberty. Also on YouTube, Facebook, and podcasts everywhere.